Welcome to the Seek First CEO Podcast, a community for high-achieving kingdom women committed to seeking God first and keeping God first in all we do. If you believe you're called to impact the world through your gifts, then you're in the right place. Hi, friend. I'm Heather, teacher turned speaker and your host of the Seek First CEO Podcast. I'm passionate about helping ambitious, servant-hearted women find their worth in whose they are, not what they do. As a certified master neuroscience life coach, I help you connect the dots between biblical principles and brain science so you can take your thoughts captive and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't do surface, so we go deep here and we talk about the stuff underneath the surface because I wanna help you get to the source of your heart set and mindset roadblocks so you can have breakthrough by aligning your heart and mind with biblical truths. If your heart's desire is to grow in your relationship with Jesus, while fearlessly fulfilling your purpose and calling, then let's open up the word together and see what the Holy Spirit has to say about living your life in flow with Him. Are you ready? Then get excited for today's episode. Hello, friend. I have a special guest for you today. And I am super excited. I'm just going to, let's just dive right in without giving some crazy long intro. Esther, welcome. Esther Littlefield, welcome to the show. Thank you, Heather. I am super excited to be here with you today and to dive into our conversation. So y'all can't see us, but we apparently were feeling this, like the same color today. We are wearing the same color. What is this color called? Is it's what shade of green is this? Um, I mean, it's almost a teal, but not quite. Yeah. I don't know what I would actually call it. (laughs) We coordinated y'all. So we were like in the spirit, we're in the same here. So today I'm trusting, we know today's going to be a really good episode. We were chatting a little before we started to hit record. How do we, how do we even connect? And for those of you who may remember Avery Forrest, who I interviewed her on the podcast a little while ago, uh, she actually connected us. And I think it's just such a good testament of kingdom connections. And how beautiful that they can be. And we talked a little bit about this before even recording that there, there is no competition in the kingdom. And that's one thing to say. It's another thing to live it out, right? It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to actually like, okay, I'm going to go here. And so Esther, I would love for you to tell, um, the ladies that listen to the podcast. And I'm, I know there's some men too, but tell us who you are. Sure. Yes. Well, I'm Esther Littlefield. And personally, I live in Maine. I'm married to my husband, who is one of the pastors at our church. We've been married for 20 years. And we have one daughter, a dog, two cats and a gecko. So the pets outnumber us in our house. (laughs) And uh, we just love doing all the things outdoors. I, I love summer in Maine. So we're just at the end of summer right now, and I'm, I'm loving every minute. And professionally, I work with Christian women who are building online businesses. I am a marketing strategist and business coach, and I really love helping women create a business that's thriving, that is strategic, and that will help them live the life that God has designed for them to live. Instead of feeling like they are constantly striving and uh, pushing, I really believe we can live our ideal life and still have a thriving business. So that's a little bit about me and what I do. I love that. And I think that's so important because don't we, we often compartmentalize things like, okay, here's my life. Here's my business. Here's, you know, all of those things. And so that we really can air quotes, kind of like have it all. Um, well, tell us the journey. How did you get to where you are today? I love hearing how God prunes us and positions us and pivots us to really get to where we are today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's definitely a lot of pivots in my journey. So (laughs) 
I will try to keep it not super long, but really my background has nothing to do with business. So I never imagined, you know, growing up that I would be a business owner. I went into social work and that was what I got my degree in and worked in the field of social work for 10 years. That was really connected to personal experiences I had growing up and I always have loved helping people. And so that was where you know, I, I invested my education and, and all of my career into. And so in the midst of starting my social work career, if you, if you don't know much about social work, it's definitely not the job you go into to make a whole lot of money. <laughs> and so I got it, uh, in, interested in a direct sales business. A friend of mine invited me to one of those parties and I loved the products. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can't afford to buy this stuff. So I'll sign up and be a consultant. So that's how I got my foot in the door into business. And so I was with that company for a few years. And then I was introduced to a different company, did network marketing for over 10 years and got to a point where I was actually making a decent income and was able to transition out of my social work job around the time that I had my daughter so I could be at home with her. And so things were good. Like I was, I was earning money. I was a stay at home mom. I could, you know, have a very flexible schedule, all the things, but there was a problem. And the problem was I was just burnt out. Like I wasn't using any of my God-given gifts and skills. I won't, I shouldn't say any, I wasn't using a lot of the God-given gifts, skills, and passions that I had in the business that I was building. And so I was feeling very burnt out because I was just out of alignment of who I was, who I was designed to be. And so I I had kind of this come to Jesus moment where I was just like, what am I doing with my life? Like call it a midlife crisis, call it whatever you want. But I just decided I am not doing this anymore. And, you know, through a series of prayer sessions and Bible studies and all kinds of conversations, I basically quit the network marketing business that I had built and like stopped doing anything with that company and decided I'm going to uh, go back to writing which is really one of my passions was always writing. I always thought I would write a book. And so I was like, I'm going to learn about blogging and building an online business. And that's what I did. I went all in on the world of online business. And I said, I'm going to start a blog and I'm going to make money doing this and da, da, da. So that's, I did that in like 2015. That's what, when I started that. And after about a year and a half of that, I realized, okay, this is super fun. I'm, I'm like fulfilled. I'm doing a lot of things that light me up. I'm not actually making any money. <laughs> so we have the second problem where I like, I'm doing the things that uh, are aligned with my gifts and skills, but I'm not actually bringing in the revenue that we need for our family. Because at that point, you know, we had gotten to a point where we kind of needed my income. So I pivoted again and I took the gifts and skills that I had and the things I had learned over a year and a half of just kind of starting a blog, starting an email list, uh, launching a course, all those things. And I said, I'm going to be a virtual assistant. And so I dove into the world of being a virtual assistant, being a service provider. And that really started at the beginning of 2017. And then my journey kind of pivots many times after that, but I'll take a pause in case, <laughs> in case you want to ask any questions up to this point. <laughs> I love it. I have the image in my head of, you know, you've probably seen it on somewhere where it's like, we think the journey is this linear, like boom. Right. And yet it's usually that squiggly line that you're like, what are we doing? Where am I going? And I just see that in your story. It's like, okay, thought we were here. Okay. We're going to try this. Going to do this. Okay. We're going to go here. Uh, 
And I know there's, I feel that way, right? Like, man, God, when are we going to get to this final destination? When are we going to get to like the thing? The the thing. thing. Yeah. I just, I love that. And I think, so again, I think if I go to your website, looks like you've got it all figured out. You are walking and you're calling. You have it all. Like you, I, I resonate. I actually said this to you a few weeks ago that your copy is excellent. You are a gifted writer. I don't know if you do most of your writing still because you started. I do. You, I, I even said, I said, you're doing something right because your writing speaks to me. And so, yeah, it's like, you look like you have it all together. And yet we don't always see the pivots and the questioning and the doubt and maybe the disappointments and the discouragements. And so I just, I love that most people where we see that there is somewhere that it looks like they, there was a journey. There's a journey to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. So you're in the VA yeah. world. You're learning yeah. how that works. You're kind of getting acclimated a little bit more about the behind the scenes of that entrepreneur and um, whatnot. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, keep going. Okay. So at that point, you know, the, the benefit that I had when I launched as a VA was that over the previous year and a half, I had invested a lot of time and energy into building relationships. I had just gone into Facebook groups. I had gotten to know people. I had connected with people. I'd gotten on Zoom calls and on coffee chats. So I had kind of this amazing network of people that I already had built that trust with. So when I was like, hey, I'm going to be a virtual assistant and I can serve you in your business, I I had a full client load within three months and I was exceeding my my income goals, you know, very quickly because of those relationships that I had built. And obviously because of God's blessing, I mean, I totally can see God's hand on that whole journey of how he how he brought people to me and, and all of that. But uh, very quickly recognized that I was able to do more than than a general virtual assistant because my mind is pretty strategic. I love looking at big picture strategy. I love seeing how all the things work together behind the scenes. And so I was able to kind of up level the type of work I was doing and the clients I was serving. And so the business just kind of grew over the next year and a half. I then went into the world of podcasting because I had listened to podcasts for that year and a half of like, I'm going to make money with a blog. You know, I had listened to all the podcasts that told you you could do that. And so I had been very interested in podcasts and podcasting. And then one of my clients actually had a podcast and she said, Hey, can you help me with learning, you know, how to run my podcast behind the scenes? And I was like, sure, I'd love to do that. And so I learned all the things that have to happen behind the scenes of a podcast and also decided I wanted to start my own podcast. So I started my first podcast in July of 2018, the Christian Woman Leadership Podcast. And that was really a passion project. It was something that, you know, I had had that blog that I had started up and said, I'm going to, I'm going to reach women and, and help women who are leading in ministry and things like that. And then when I shifted into being a virtual assistant, I kind of like didn't really follow through with writing a whole lot for that time because I had to get the business off the ground. And so the podcast kind of became that next iteration of the blog where I, once I said, I'm going to do a podcast, there was something about it that in my head, I no longer had the option to not show up. I was like, I'm going to do this every single week. It's going to be there for people. It's going to be a blog post on the website. It's going to be podcast episode on the you know, podcast airwaves. And that became just this amazing blessing for me. And, and we saw that take off pretty quickly. And so from there, I then just continued to up-level what I was doing with my clients. I was doing a lot of marketing, a lot of copywriting, a lot of uh, marketing strategy. And really I had always had this passion to, you know, teach and coach, but 
I was very, very cautious about <laughs> the word coach. And I was also very, I really honestly struggled with imposter syndrome and a lack of confidence when it came to putting myself out there as a coach. I could very easily say, yeah, I can come in and set up your funnel. I can write your sales page. I can run your marketing campaign. I can do all this stuff behind the scenes. But when it came to saying that I could actually sit down and coach someone through some of that or through some of the business decisions, for some reason in my head, I struggled with accepting that that was something I could do. So it took a lot of wrestling with God and a lot of conversations of mm, moving from service provider to coach felt very scary. I love but that. I, think <laughs> I, I think of that, like, you know, we talk a lot about being a human being and a human doing. So you were, you were okay with being right. You were okay with like, you were okay with the doing, like, doing, I'm going to yeah, do, I was gonna do the doing the being that authority figure that, and you're not the first person that I've worked with several women. I've certified some women in coaching and they really wrestle with that. And it's that. And to me, I'm like, why would you not want to be called a coach? Who cares? Which for me, I'm like, Lord, what do I call myself? Am I a coach? Am I a, am I a a preacher? Am I a mentor? Like, What am I? I feel like, you know, you do a lot. Am I counseling? Like, what am I doing? Uh, so it's just interesting to hear that you also wrestled with that title, yeah. right? Like, yeah. what does that title mean? But you were, yeah, you were okay with the doing. I'll do all the work, but there's yes. that being. Yeah. I have to bring one more thing up that you said about you kind of have this, uh, like, pipeline of people. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think, you know, often I think about doing business the kingdom way, and it's that relationship before revenue, And it's like you, and because I have gotten to know you, like, I know it wasn't intentional. Like, okay, I'm going to build these relationships with these people just so that they're going to be able to, like, you probably didn't even know VA was coming, but you took the time to get to know people. And I think that is a game changer. And you mentioned network marketing. That's, you know, I have a a lot of history in that profession. And I think sometimes it's that heart posture of why are you trying to get to know me? And so I just want to encourage the woman who, maybe it's a little bit wrestling with that, that you can genuinely authentically build relationship with people with zero in like, you know, intentions like that are like hidden because look what it did for you. It it really gave you this, this pipeline of people. And so that relationship over revenue relationship before, I just feel like the Lord's um, highlighted that, that it's Mm -hmm. so important seeing people for people before you see people for a dollar sign. And that changes, that changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. I can actually share just a really quick story. One thing that happened with that. So in the time where I was really doing the blogging thing and I was like, I'm going to launch a course. So I was following recommendations of, of some of the people I was listening to that said, you know, send an email or, or reach out to people and say, Hey, will you get on a call with me? And just, you know, basically market research. Will you hop on a call? I have a few questions I'd like to ask. So I sent an email and somebody replied to that email and she was willing to hop on a call with me. And so we got on a phone call and we started chatting and I I just, we kind of hit it off really quickly. Like I was asking her questions about her, her life, her family, the things that I was wanting to write about. And uh, we just kind of became friends. Like we had that conversation, we became Facebook friends, and then we started, you know, being in the same groups together. And then I kind of started this little group to, to build a business around it. And she joined that group and it was just like a peer kind of mastermind type of group. And she, she was a project manager in corporate, like that was her background. And so she started being a project manager online and 
that was around the time that I was starting to think about being a VA. And she was one of the ones who said to me, Esther, you have everything it takes to be a VA. Like you should be doing this. Like you can, I have clients who need you basically. And so as soon as I started that business, she was the first person referring me clients. And then very quickly, she said, wait a minute, I have to stop referring clients to you. I need you in my business. So will you work for me? And I worked in her business uh, for over five years. She's the last client that I I transitioned out of when I stopped the doing. <laughs> uh, I was her director of marketing. I started out as her virtual assistant and I, I stayed with her for five plus years and was able to help her business grow to over a million dollars. And it was just an incredible journey. And, you know, it started out as a conversation with no intention other than I need to just ask you a few questions and get to know you. Yes. So it's the power of those relationships. Like you said, without coming in, like thinking, okay, now I'm going to sell them something after this conversation. It's truly has to be about just serving, giving value, getting to know people and not forcing something to happen. Yeah. And while we're no longer, well, at least I'm like, we're not, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you are building network marketing behind the scenes. (laughs) That I think is the biggest thing that a lot of women struggle with. And so yes, there's that, but there's also that in the coaching space in the right. Why are you messaging me? And I think because people have been taken advantage of and they thought maybe people were going to actually be their friend and they were actually interested in their family and their, you know, they have a gecko and all these Mm -hmm. things but there was some sort of like a hidden agenda. And so I just want to encourage the woman who maybe has had that happen or who wants to make sure that nobody thinks that's what she's doing. It's your heart. It's your heart posture, right? Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. And so when you're going in with the right intention, don't, I, I mean, I think there's, I've shared this a little bit in my community that I believe this is a season. God is showing us how to work together as the body of Christ. But if we have these wounds and these relationship issues and these things that we are always kind of either offended or we feel like, oh, they're just trying to get something from me, we won't be able to do the work that God really wants us to accomplish as the body. So I just encourage you connect with someone like Esther, go like connect with people and and don't look at them as competition, look at them as collaboration and you know, the body of Christ, we can't function unless we're all doing our part and doing our part well. So I love even that you mentioned the imposter syndrome and like you started to feel like, oh, and I think that's another thing. If I were to go to your social, if I look at your website, I would not think that. And there's that behind the scenes that we're all wrestling with something like we're all wrestling with a lot of its identity issues or, you know, whatever that looks like. And so how did you overcome that? How did you overcome the, those thoughts that come in, right? Those thoughts you're like, wait a second, probably should take that captive. How did you make them obedient to Christ and actually do Mm. things? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that question. I actually have like a whole guide about this because it's something that I had to deal with myself and, and I had to figure out. And then every single client every single biz friend that I have has at some point come up against this imposter syndrome or this feeling of lack of confidence or self-doubt. So I fully agree with you. Like it's so easy to look at other people and assume that they don't have, you know, they don't deal with that. I haven't met one yet that doesn't at some point deal with it in their, in their journey. Well, I think, uh, but there's- let me just say this too. I think if we're actually if we feel confident, this is how I feel about imposter syndrome. If we feel confident that we don't, that we don't need God, we're probably not doing the assignment we're called to do. Like, I think yeah. 
imposter syndrome is actually a really good sign that you're probably stepping into something that feels uncomfortable and God's showing you like, hey, you on your own can't do it. But yeah, I want to do it with you. Um, So yes, hear what she said. There is no one successful to whatever standard you want to say success is, right? That you're watching, that you're admiring on social that hasn't come up against imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So there's three things that I really did to kind of shift and, and be able to move into that new phase. Like when I went from, you know, uh, being a service provider, which I felt fine about, I felt like I could do it. Obviously God was helping me, but that shift into a new season of business was really going to require something different of me. And so really the first thing is knowing biblical truth, like digging into scripture and getting, getting that in my heart. I mean, that was something that I had been doing over the years. And really when I had started doing that, that is when I started to become a more confident woman, like even outside of business, I was able to develop confidence because of God's truth and because of understanding his love for me and really understanding what confidence is about, which is, it's about where you place your trust. Like Mm -hmm. if you look at the word confidence, it come, it it actually means with trust, like the Latin root is with trust. And if you look at scripture and you study scripture, you find where are we supposed to be placing our trust, not in ourselves, but in God. That's so and good. So that's the first thing is, is knowing biblical truth and getting a clear understanding of what it means to have confidence. And again, for me, it's, it's where I'm placing my trust. Every time I go back to trying to put the trust in myself, which is what I do every single day, if I'm honest, like I have to constantly be like, nope, stop trusting yourself, Esther. It's trusting God. Uh, the second thing is understanding the truth about yourself. And so I really had to start digging into who, who am I? Like understanding my gifts, my unique uh, passions, experiences, training, expertise, the things that I had done up to that point in my life. And so at the end of 2020, when I was wrestling with this and I was saying, okay, I want to shift into coaching, but I'm afraid. I don't know if I'm qualified. I don't think people are going to think that I'm legit. All the things that were in my head, I was able to kind of catalog what God had done for me up to that point in my life and the gifts that he had given me and the people that I had been able to help up to that point. And I had a conversation again with that same person I referenced earlier, Natalie, she's one of my dearest friends. Um, You know, we just had a conversation at that point. I was still working in her business. She was one of my clients. And I said, I just, I don't know if I can do this coaching thing. Like, I don't know if I can actually put myself out there and, and say that that's what I'm doing. And then I don't know, a couple of days later, we had a conversation where she was having a challenge in her business and, and we talked through it and she's like, Esther, you just coached me. Like you just helped me get to a place where I can take that next step. And I was like, oh, okay. So she's like, you're already doing it. You're just not saying that that's what you're doing. And so really getting clear on the truth about myself, not to be prideful, not to be arrogant in, in what I can offer, but to be honest. And I think a lot of times we, as Christian women, we downplay and we undervalue what, what God has given us, the things that we have done, the experiences we've had that have brought us to this place. And so that's the second thing is really getting clear on the truth about myself. That's what I had to do. And the third thing to overcome imposter syndrome, the most effective thing that I found is to take action. Like 
to just do something. <laughs> and so for me, it was just deciding, you know what? I'm not going to let this fear hold me back. I'm not going to sit here and keep wavering and questioning and worrying about what other people are going to think. All of that stuff is not going to help anyone. I really just decided to show up and serve people. And I said, I'm just going to say, this is how I can help you. I'm going to test some offers. I'm going to put some things out into the marketplace and I'm going to do my best to serve. And when I did that, I started to see win after win and transformation after transformation of the clients that I was working with and realized, okay, okay, maybe God was right. Maybe this is actually my next step. <laughs> and it was, it was just the most amazing experience to, to take that action and then to see God come through with all of the results and all of the uh, transformations for people. So. Yeah, I love that. And it's that like faith without works is dead. I dropped my, I dropped my daughter off at kindergarten this morning and she's having a rough time. She's my most social child. So I thought she was going to love school and we've just had a, a little bit of a challenge. Um, she's not loving it. And so it's got, it's got better over the last couple of days, but I dropped her off this morning and she said something and she said, mommy, I'm not scared, but I'm a little nervous. And I was like, wow, what wisdom, like for her to recognize I'm not scared. Cause I'm, I'm always trying to speak truth into her, right? You are courageous. You're strong. You weren't, you weren't meant to be afraid. Like God doesn't want you to fear you know, all these things and recognizing that I still have feelings. Like I, I think, and you mentioned this, right? I think a lot of times as believers, we suppress our feelings because we know we shouldn't feel that way. Why well, shouldn't we? I shouldn't feel. And so then we overcompensate for it or we go the opposite of that false humility where we're like downplaying everything. And I just love what she said to me this morning. Just when you said that, I'm like there, we can do things and still be nervous, but we can still yes. take action. Cause it's what you had said. I love confidence is about where you put, place your trust. You can be nervous and know at the same time that God's already gone before me. He's beside me. He's behind me. And I think that's something where I work with a lot of women who feel stuck. And I think what you're sharing is so much of it. Sometimes it's simply taking action, even if you're a little nervous. Yeah. Even if you don't know the outcome, you can still, you can still move forward. Yeah. 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 So true. And I think, you know, every time I have done that, I have seen God show up every time I've taken. And, and most of the time, the steps I've taken have been like the most ridiculous baby steps ever. It's not like I've taken this huge leap of faith. Like I hear some stories about people that go and I mean, I had one gal on my podcast that she literally like quit her job and traveled around the world for a year by herself as a single woman. And it was an incredible story, but it was like that type of leap of faith feels really crazy for people. But for me, one of the first baby steps I took in, in the, one of the things that I felt God nudging me to do was to start a Bible study at my church. And that was like, 10 years ago. And, and that, but at the moment that felt like such a big thing. Cause I didn't feel qualified, but looking back, I'm like, that was such a small thing. Why was I worried about that? But you know, it's those baby steps and then seeing how God will use that, that obedience. Yes. I think that's also one thing I want to mention that I think we have tricked ourselves into sometimes thinking that it's okay for us to not take those steps when we sense God calling us to do something. And we sort of are like, well, we're not, we're, we're, I'm not qualified. Maybe it's not God. Maybe 
so-and-so's already doing it, so I shouldn't do it. But I think sometimes it's actually disobedience for us to not step out mm-hmm. and we're, do, we're, we're not doing the world any favors and we're not doing ourselves any favors by allowing ourselves to stay in that disobedience. Uh, and that can feel a little harsh, but, but for me, I know there's been times where if I didn't take action, it was, it would be disobedience. And I'm sure there's been times when I have made that choice. Uh, but if we can look at it as I'm going to be obedient to God and I'm going to put my trust in him that he is going to give me what I need to do the job. You know, just like when he called Moses to go and deliver the people, Moses didn't feel qualified. He, he had no reason to think that he was the man for the job, but God was like, I'm going to be with you. So Mm -hmm. stop focusing on yourself. Well, yeah. And I can't help but think of your name, right? One of my favorite is Esther. And we always really like the 414. It's so great. But we kind of miss that second part where Mordecai is like, and if you don't, yeah, and if you don't, yes, yes. And if you don't. And so I think there is that no pressure in that. Cause I don't think God pressures yeah. us into our, yeah. our calling, but he positions us in places and things that it might not look like it makes sense. Right. Why would she have been there? Why Esther, why this girl, right? How did she get to the palace? How was she the favored one? I don't know, but God positioned her there. And then she felt the call and she, you know, she did it. And how did she prepare for that? She fasted, she prayed, she pressed in. Uh, she, you know, I, I love that. And I do think, I don't know if a sense of urgency is like the right word, but I do think there is that there is an urgency. There are souls at stake, right? Our business is so much more than strategy and helping people, right? As we are literally walking billboards and testimonies for Jesus, that there are souls at stake, right? That if we don't fulfill our calling, then other people won't be able to fulfill theirs. And so it's this chain reaction of things. And God's looking for those who are like, hey, I don't feel qualified, right? I don't feel like I'm the one, but sometimes our feelings lie to us, Yeah, right? Sometimes our feelings try to trick us. And so we have to get back to, I love what you said, get rooted in truth. Like, who, wait a second, step number one, step like, who are you? Who is God? Wait a second. What's the truth? Um, you had said something earlier. Uh, I don't even know what I wrote this down and I just feel like, um, oh, about your, you know, you thought you'd do a podcast and then that the one was the kind of this overflow of like, Hey, I I said I was going to do it, but it doesn't really match what I'm, I just heard the word overflow when you were talking about, I was like, and you are operating from, and the goal is always to operate from a place of overflow. Mm -hmm. And so I know that a lot of women that listen to this show are, they are go-getters. They are ambitious. They are high achieving. They are like, I will do whatever, sometimes to the opposite end of that. Like I'll do anything and I I will like try to outwork God. Um, I just love to ask you this question. I'm sure you know in seasons of life where you can realize you're working from that overflow where it ju- it's just working. It's like, it's not even this, it's not hard. It's not striving. It's not like I'm trying. Cause I remember when I first started, before I started my podcast, that was one of my biggest concerns is that I wouldn't have enough content to consistently show up. Mm-hmm. And so then I realized, well, it's the overflow. I would just love for you to maybe touch on that. And how do you show up? How do you consistently show up with value? Whether that's your podcast, your social media, your blog. Um, I think that that is, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's something there. So I would love mm-hmm. for you to hear. Yeah. I'd love to hear what you have yeah. to say. Oh, I, I love that 
thought of operating from the overflow. I don't even know if I said that. If I did, you did. Cool. <laughs> I did. No, the but you okay? Me, but what I heard, okay, gotcha. Was like the evidence of that yes. overflow. She's working from the overflow, and yeah. I think sometimes we. I know when I'm operating from overflow and when I'm not right. I know it. even in the podcast, I know when it's the Holy spirit speaking through me and when it's my, myself, my own wisdom, my own flesh, my own experiences, there is a difference. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just felt like asking to touch on that. Yeah. So in the beginning of my business journey, I was not operating from overflow. I was operating from, I need to make X amount of dollars and I need to do it quickly. And I, that first year, year and a half, I, did not have good boundaries. I did not have any kind of uh, ideal life business thing going on. I was just pushing. I was, you know, I mean, God blessed my efforts and I had that full client load, but I was pushing beyond what I probably should have been doing. And I think I was showing up for my clients, but I was definitely not showing up in the way that probably was the most beneficial for them and for me. And so really God showed me (laughs) that I had to take breaks and I had to set boundaries and I had to set up my life in a way and my business in a way where I wasn't going to be constantly on, you know, where I wasn't going to be responding to emails at 10 PM at night, where I wasn't going to feel the pressure to get back to clients and get a project done over the weekend. That's how I was living before. And, um, I had that kind of mindset that if I didn't do that, that those clients weren't going to stick around or that I wasn't going to make enough money, you know? And so really I had to set up those boundaries and decide that it was okay to take breaks. And so for me now, one of the ways that I operate out of overflow is honestly just being very intentional about taking time off and giving myself breaks in my brain. I think that, and you probably know this much better than I do, but my personal experience is that most of my biggest business ahas and new ideas come when I am hiking a mountain in the woods of Maine, or when I'm sitting by the ocean, just listening to the the waves crash against the shore, or, you know, when I'm outside doing yard work and it has nothing to do with business. And when I just stop and don't try to come up with new ideas or don't try to generate content, that's when God will give me those new ideas or lead me to the vision that he has for the future or any number of things. And that only happens if we say, I'm not going to work on XYZ days or these times, or I'm going to take a vacation with my family and I'm not going to log into social media (laughs) for a whole week. Like that can feel so, the first time I did that, I was like, this is I I don't know what's happening. It was just like such a foreign concept. And now it's like, every time I go on vacation, I can't wait. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to even going to look at Facebook for an entire week. Like it's going to be awesome. And, you know, and trusting. And I think that also taking breaks and giving ourselves that time to decompress is part of trusting God with our business. Yes, It's saying, guess what? If I take a break, God is still going to bring what he needs to bring what I need. He's still going to be my provider. And I don't have to push and worry that taking a break is going to detrimentally affect my business. So yeah, that's, that's really, I would say how I work from the overflow is, I mean, obviously a daily relationship with God and and that's part of it too. But I think those breaks are so key. Yeah. Rest is not a 
four-letter word, not a bad four-letter word. And sometimes for the us, so we are wired, you know, we just think we're do, do, do. And I think of Jesus, right? So Jesus was, you know, performing miracles and all these things and he's teaching the disciples and he, but he all often got away. He got away to go get filled back up from the father and spend time with his father so that he could come back and serve. And we see him showing up. He showed up, people followed him everywhere. And he often, he retreated, he got away. He went to the wilderness. He got, he went into the secret place. And I love that tip because I think, again, sometimes we almost feel like, yeah, like rest is this bad thing. It means that we're lazy. It means that we don't want it bad enough. And then there's that scarcity that come that comes in. Like you said, maybe my client's going to think I'm not showing up. It's like this performance and God's like, I just want your presence, you know? Um, so that is a great, great tip. Well, I want to mention one more thing. Cause I, I've, I've just loved watching you and following you and like I said, your copy resonates with me so much. I'm like, yep, she gets me. You have something that's called a mentor mind. And that was, you were the first person I've ever heard that. I don't know if you made it up or if you had heard that before, but I love this concept of a mentor mind. Tell, tell me where, where, where that came from and tell us a little bit more about your mental mind. Okay, Sure. Well, it didn't come from me. Sadly, I can't claim that word for myself as actually my friend, Natalie, that I mentioned earlier. She had had a program in, in the past that she had called the mentor mind. And I, I just, I love that word. So when I started uh, what I call uplift, the uplift mentor mind, I decided to use that word. I had seen in the online space, a lot of masterminds and I had been in, in masterminds and I like them. And I've always found value in them, but I also am kind of a word, like a stickler for grammar and for the proper meaning of words. And so my perspective at the time that I started Uplift was, you know, a a true mastermind is really whoever is leading that is usually just a facilitator of conversations and relationships. And they're not necessarily a coach or a mentor. And I was like, really in my program, I plan to offer coaching and mentoring to my clients in addition to the women that are masterminding amongst each other. So I chose the word mentormind because I felt like it more, more accurately represented what the program was going to include. Now in the online space, there's lots of masterminds that include the leader, the coach that, that is coaching and mentoring. And it's fine. Like I I've debated on and off. Should I go back to, should I say mastermind instead? Because I don't want people to be confused, but, um, Anyway, I love so, it. I think, <laughs> but I've had people say, I love mentor mind. Don't, don't give it up. So I, I think love I'm it. Well, I'm a word. Yeah. I'm a word person. And so when you had said that, I was like, oh, and I'm very visual. So I'm thinking, okay, there's a mentor to that. And then there's this group of people like I met that it is the mastermind. Yeah. I love it. I say, don't change it. I'm contemplating like calling one of my programs, which again, it's like a program, but I'm actually, I am coaching and mentoring people through like, and the power of group coaching, the power of hearing other people, which I am sure in your mentor mind, you see these women coming together. They want more strategy and they want to build their business. And they hear that other people have the same struggles that they do other people. And then other people have answers to some of the questions that they've had. And so it, that's, I absolutely love the mentor mind. I think it's, um, it's very, it, to me, it gives a great picture of what are we actually doing here? Um, yeah. Well, I would love for you to just share one thing. Well, you know what? I'm going to ask you this. I've been starting to try to ask the same question, and this will probably take us into a whole other episode, but 
I don't know about you, but I feel like many Christian entrepreneurs who love the Lord, they see this, like they see that this is so much bigger than them and making money. And maybe, yeah, you started out that way, but you started to see like, God's like, Hey, there's an, there's opportunity here and they're struggling and they can't figure out why I would love for you to answer this kind of a tough question. Um, why do you think so many Christians are struggling in business? The world has it figured out. The world seems to like have gotten this thing and they're, you know, we watch people making millions and da, 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 billionaire. And like, it just seems like there is some struggling, especially in, um, in believers. I don't know if you have any insight to that. I have a, mm. a opinion on this, but I, I would love to hear what you think about yeah. that. Oh, ooh, giving me a tough one there, Heather. So I can speak just from my own. I think I'll speak from my own experience of what I have struggled with and what I see a lot of my clients st- struggling with. Um, one of the biggest issues I see is when we are not aligning our business and our offers, our actual things that we are putting out to sell with our God-given gifts, skills, strengths, experiences, and our calling and where we feel him calling us, the people we're called to serve. So I see women that will come to me and they will have started a business and they will be trying to basically do a cookie cutter version of what they've seen someone else do. And it doesn't work. They're like not making sales. They're not, nothing is jiving. Nothing is flowing because it's not aligned to who they are and and who they are called to serve and the ways they can make the biggest impact. And so even for me, when I first started out as a VA, like, yes, I was able to do all those things, but it wasn't fully aligned with where my best gifts and strengths were. But God took me on that journey to get me there, you know, to where I am now. So sometimes it's a journey of figuring that out <laughs> and wrestling through what, where am I best aligned? Um, So I think alignment is one. And then I think a second one for me would be the, the money issues that we have sometimes have as Christians. And it, I just think back to my own experience of growing up and really kind of having a, more of a scarcity mindset and not truly believing that it is okay for me to earn a certain amount of money. It is okay for me to charge a certain amount of money. I went from a social worker, I mean, you know, to the business that I have now and, and definitely had to work through some of those preconceived ideas that I had about what it meant to earn a certain amount of money. And I'm not saying that I'm like, crazy successful. I'm just saying like there was a, there were some blocks that I had about charging a certain amount of money or serving people in, in more of a group capacity. Like again, going from that one-on-one service provider idea to serving a larger group of people and being able to earn more in that way. I had to wrestle with God about what does this mean? And, and really the making sure my motivation and my heart posture was right in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say those were two things that I found. And again, when I'm working with my clients, a lot of times they struggle with pricing, <laughs> you know, struggling with, I don't think I should price. No, I can't, I couldn't charge that much. 
that's crazy. You know, even though every other business owner who's not a Christian is charging twice that. (laughs) So that's a big one. And then the alignment piece. Yes. I love it. I would absolutely agree. Those are two, two big things. So, okay, Esther, where can we find more of you, your podcast, your website, you've got retreats, the mentor mind, all the things can we find more of you? Oh, well, thank you, Heather. So I am, best place is on my website, estherlittlefield.com. You can find both of my podcasts on there and uh, how to work with me, all of those things. Um, If anybody is interested in checking out the MentorMind, it's upliftmentormind.com. And so that has more information on there about, about what that's all about and how I can work with you there. So thank you so much. I'm also on Instagram. That's the other place that I hang out mostly for social media. Awesome. Well, I, I just adore you and I'm so excited to see what God continues to do in you and through you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much.